0: why they call it the Presidential Suite. What's going on, everybody? This is the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, the podcast for cover band musicians and band leaders to learn how to rock more and suck less. In
1: Atlanta, Georgia, I'm Adam Johnson. In Greensboro, North Carolina, I'm Dan Ray. You still fight off the crud, too? I'm getting getting better. I I hope I sound better last week. Still a little bit of cough, you know, a little bit of a, a little burbly in the lung, but apart from that, pretty much. I did call off rehearsal today. There's no way I could sing. That's fair. Getting there.
0: I've got like this, it's literally just this band Mm. of crud right around my neck. I woke up the other day and had like that thing where like your voice is way lower than it normally Mm -hmm. is. And I did what every singer like that does. I walked around singing Johnny Cash songs that I can't normally sing. Yeah, you got to take advantage
1: of the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Have that moment to do it. So, So, man, we've had a a crazy week or so. This past week's episode was, the, the response was outrageous. I got more text messages and calls and DMs and emails about this topic than probably anything we've done in recent memory, other than the precursor of this episode, which was supposed to be dropped at 10 p.m. on Thursday, only to find it only was seven or eight minutes long. Right. I did wake up to a lot of those as well, which was less than optimal. Yeah, you
1: know? yeah. something broke in the upload. I don't know what that was.
0: Uh, we got it fixed pretty quickly, and yeah. most of you were none the wiser. But yeah, there are lot, lots of questions and stuff around the BOI. And um, the good news is you got a year to figure it out, so.
1: It's great, though, that, I mean, normally our annual tax episode comes and goes without comment, and so yeah. to have a lot of feedback, response, and questions about a tax so Like a nuts is, and bolts thing, yeah, yeah it's, for sure. It's pretty, Very unexpected.
0: Other than that, man, we hit, last Friday was absolutely insane. Just a bunch of leads that were kind of floating out of the breeze. Clamped in, we had like two or three other inquiries. I locked down at least four shows on friday nice and um still trying to like process how that happened or why it happened but dan and i were kind of talking about uh, a subject down the road that maybe we'll cover in a week or so about how to initiate a booking wave yep you know because like there's typically like a time of year where that where that happens and you know we're thinking of ways where we can get the the wheels turning so if you've got any theories or techniques that work for you email us coverbandconfidential we'll throw them into the list yeah feeling pretty good you know we've got that there was this one conversation that we had last year where a contract had gone out and then somebody kind of swooped in from the other side right. from the client side, right, right and kind of started asking for stuff. They came back and we're, we're getting the contract finalized this week, so nice that'll be locked up. And um, a couple more like that we're We're, we're in the fundraiser season at a peak mm. so that's what we're doing a lot of. with some return customers also, some folks from last year were like, "Hey, we loved it. We want some more of it."
1: do you have I, I've heard of people who get contacts for people who try or are setting up fundraisers and that sort who ask for a discount because it's a fundraiser? Have, yeah you, Have you had that experience? Well, we definitely had that conversation about the client that we
0: were talking to last year that was kind of a part of that mm-hmm. situation. But typically, we understand that they have a budget, and we like to operate in a specific area, and we will you know you've got three or four things that you can kind of reconcile when you're choosing to do a show, which is cool opportunity, fun hang, good money. And if you can get two of the three, you know, it's, it's a done deal. So in that sense, we've been asked and we have accommodated for the most part, you know, maybe, maybe we don't give them the, the full discount that we're looking for, but we can usually land kind of in a happy medium
1: somewhere. Yeah, I mean, that's the benefit of being a business where the pricing is negotiated. You can land a number and call it a discount. It's a discount from the most you've ever charged.
0: Yep. And I had a, like, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and there was a guy on, they were interviewing, and he was talking about whether you offer a service or a product. And the distinction between service and product is one of them takes up your time. And if it's a time-based thing, it's a service. Yep. And that was a really interesting thing I hadn't really considered.
1: Yeah, it happens that um, when valuing companies, product companies are worth about five times what service companies are worth. Right, because resources aren't
0: necessarily factored in. Right.
1: Product companies, product companies scale in a way that service. Yeah.
0: Exactly understandable. So another fun thing that's happened, you know, we'll we'll kind of move into the housekeeping section. We were talking about this last week that. Sometimes the Patreon just kind of does things. And yeah. We're just kind of <laughs> a witness to it. Yeah. And on, I think it was Friday or Saturday, we started this whole kind of in the chat section about fitness stuff or self-improvement. And so someone's like, well, we should, we should open up a new channel. So now we have a health-ish channel on the Patreon with some really lively conversations about exercise and diet and all of a sudden. And like, look, we, we never intended for this community to be kind of like a self-help you right kind of deal but the, the thing about community that's interesting is that it's the consensus of the group so yeah if it's something that you know we want to talk about or they want to talk about and you know we will
1: we'll do our best to facilitate for sure it. and and our and our health and our fitness has absolutely an impact on what we deliver on stage so 100%. it's not irrelevant it's it's right in line with what we're talking
0: well and speaking in the healthish one i've been doing dr- dry january i think i mentioned that last week and- Yeah. I'm sleeping a lot better, which, you know, is really unfortunate. But I did want to shout out a product. This isn't sponsored necessarily. They're not paying me to say this. Uh, But there's this this drink called Recess. You can get it on Amazon. We'll put a link in the show notes. And it's just been kind of like this nice end-of-the-day cocktail alternative. Mm. It's got less than 20 calories, no sugar, these different delicious kind of floaty flavors. It's got like magnesium and things in it, so it's supposed to just you you drink it, you mellow out, and it helps you sleep. And nice, um, we're on like the second or third sampler p- so far this year because Amber and I are having them, and yeah, they're great. So it's good. I'll check I that, that out. Go check out Recess. I
1: have been using um, Topo Chico as a beer substitute.
0: Yeah, you know, it
1: has the same similar kind of bite to a nice IPA. Obviously, it's, and it's, it's water. And yeah, hop yeah. waters. Those are tasty too. So, um, yeah, good. I am I am not myself doing dry January. I will be drinking around the world in about a week. So big plans there. Yeah. I'm not sure I've shared it on the pod. I think we, we've talked about it offline, but my health focus has been around sleep. I recently was diagnosed with sleep apnea in September and started using CPAP therapy into September and it's been amazing, game changing and a long, long haul of trial and error, which continues to today on, tonight is night three with a new mask of a new type I'm trying from scratch and it's pretty great I, i'm not sure if i'm in love with it yet but i'm surely in like with it and it's an amazing thing to actually sleep it's kind of a game changer cover band, gmail.com how many steps are in your nighttime routine that's right because mine it's a lot <laughs> mine it's a lot
0: yeah mine is still mostly skincare focused so
1: well i i have all that but then i gotta fill my humidity chamber i gotta put the right mask on. exactly yeah. stuff like
0: that. well if we're into non sequiturs let's go to reviews nice this one comes from Scrap Pod, Scrap but like Pod. one word, Scrap. 5 stars on Apple Podcasts. This show is fan damn tastic mm. Love the show guys. I found you guys by accident and I'm neck deep trying to catch up. I started playing guitar and then bass a few years ago, then accidentally joined a band as the bass player last summer. Happens to the best of us. Totally. The entire summer was a summer of fun first to me and my band the Evan Carter Band, just released our first three songs this month. We play a lot of covers as we are building our own songs, but I'd love to hear a few more discussions on what a new musician has no clue about until they experience it. Maybe discussion about hitting a recording studio. Keep it up, guys. Big thanks to Scrap Pod for the kind words. We know we've been talking about recording studios a bit because if you watch our sister show, uh, Gig Gab, guest co-host Mike Schulte was talking about their guys going into the studio this weekend, yeah. and we got a little BTS about that and what they're doing, and it's it's an interesting proposition. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we probably need to get into
1: that. That's We do. We should bring Mike on to talk a little more detail.
0: That's all Mike needs to do is talk. <laughs> he's at it. Hey, Shultie, I know you're listening. You know what? You should talk more. Talk more. I think we all can agree <laughs> that. Anywho. I don't want people calling me up by name on on random podcasts, but you
1: know No, this is not random. Shultie's a Schulte's <laughs> a dear friend of the pod and he's a he's he's a man whose entire career is built around talking. So, you know, I think he's Pretty good. Listen, we've broken bread. We've, we've shared space. You
0: know, he's, he's a solid dude. We love Mike 100 and everything that he stands for. Anyway, it's time to get into the big topic of this week. If you didn't catch this, and I feel like I was really on the front end of this because it was within 30 minutes of the post going up. But this past Friday, the Smashing Pumpkins just posted this on their social channels. It says the Smashing Pumpkins are in search of an additional guitarist. The application process is open to anyone who might be interested. Applicants may submit a resume and related materials to an email at redlightmanagement.com, which is a very prestigious management firm yep. in the, the music industry. Yep. I feel so bad for whoever got that email address. They're waiting through a bunch of stuff.
1: They are. But
0: at the end of the day, the Smashing Pumpkins are doing an open call guitar player audition for a third auxiliary guitar player. If you aren't familiar with their current touring situation, they had a third guitar player named Jordan Schroeder, who left the band at the end of October for personal reasons, it seemed like he was probably tired of being on the road because let's just go ahead and put it out there. Touring can suck. It's yeah. not always fun.
1: Yeah.
0: And so some people just want to kind of get off of that roller coaster and find some more normalcy. Mm-hmm. So these guys are they're on the hunt. And instead of doing it, you know, through normal. Industry channels, yeah, they've
1: opted, or they do.
0: Yeah, they've opted to do it for the public, and the big question for me is why? <laughs> why would they do that? Right. And in the process of thinking this through and talking with folks and kind of speculating, we've it on a couple of reasons. I think the first one goes without saying. It's it's for publicity,
1: for sure. No, I mean you said it. The person who has to answer all that email, they're going to get a ton of email from a ton of people, some of whom will be, I bet 2% of them will be qualified and the rest are be,
0: I think that's being generous.
1: Yeah. I mean, the rest, I, I have, I have put openings for jobs on public things and, yep. um, yeah, 2%, 2% is, is, uh, is even qualified enough to have a conversation and the rest are just people shotgunning stuff. And so, you know, there'll be a lot of Smashing Pumpkins fans out there who are like, oh yeah, man, that'd be so cool. And they're going to send a video of themselves playing Smoke on the Water or something. No, they'll, they'll probably pick something from, from the Smashing Pumpkins catalog, do it badly, and send it in, and then somebody has to wade through that nonsense. You have to wade through those.
0: So in talking about this particular situation, I had a lot of people reach out and say, this is very similar to what Limp Bizkit did back in like the early 2000s. Mm. When Wes Borland left the band, they were doing the same. Like they were basically like touring around to guitar centers and jamming. They were doing like these guitar contests, and then you know you got to jam with Limp Biscuit. The tricky part though is that in getting the opportunity to play with Limp Biscuit, anything that you brought them and anything that was recorded belonged to them immediately, and you had no control over it whatsoever. So they basically were able to just like jack a bunch of riffs from like hundreds of guitar players, (laughs) and some would say that they're still using those uh, riffs (laughs) to this day. But
1: it's crowdsourcing.
0: Yeah, it's not here nor there. So, yeah, I think publicity is a big part of it because, again, I can't remember the last time this many people were talking about Smashing Pumpkins. For sure. Uh, But listen,
1: let me say this. I'm not particularly a Smashing Pumpkins fan. I was aware of them when they were in the Zeitgeist, which has been a while. I certainly couldn't name check the guitarist who left the band. I'm not not a fan like that. I like the joke from the Simpsons episode, you know. Billy Corgan, Smashing Pumpkins. Homie Simpson, smiling politely. That's kind of where I am about Smashing Pumpkins. So this is the biggest they've been on my radar in decades, frankly.
0: Well, the last big thing that I can remember was when they did the Disney Christmas special this year. Yeah. A lot of folks were going like, huh, that's weird. You know? I,
1: I, I wasn't even aware of that.
0: It's a chronically online situation, but you know.
1: Yeah. So the point is for publicity pricey. wise, it's working. It got my attention and I'm not I'm like so on the periphery of anybody who might be paying attention to them, but I was aware. So it's interesting. There's also some Billy Corgan PR cause like he's
0: not always had a glowing reputation as a uh, as a nice guy. Yeah. And frankly, that reputation is is enough for me to like not even entertain the idea of doing something like that. Because the prospect of having Billy Corgan as a
1: boss... As your boss. Yeah,
0: yeah, that doesn't seem great. And it kind of points into the, I think, the real conversation that needs to be had. And before we go any further, let's go ahead and and say the quiet part out loud. This is a cover gig. Oh, yeah. Like, your job is to go in and play Smashing Pumpkins covers. Yeah. Because you didn't write them. And granted, you're playing with the greatest Smashing Pumpkins tribute
1: of all time. The, the guys themselves. The guys themselves. But if you think you're going to be part of writing their next album... the Well, the likelihood of that is not zero.
0: But not high. But not high, yeah. for sure. And to me, I know enough about this stuff that typically when a guitar player leaves, they're going to do auditions, but those auditions are done behind closed doors. right? And they're done among a network of players. Oh, and there's a handful, are, a
1: handful of people that they were aware they were out there and looking for gigs and might be a good fit. And they they call them special. And those people have have representation and management. And there's like a whole channel for all this stuff. It's usually how that's done.
0: Right. And that's not happening here. Apparently. So why is that the case? And beyond publicity and PR or whatever, to me, this reeks of leverage. Mm. Because... Let's take another example. Let's talk about Motley Crue. So, Mick Mars left the group under circumstances Mm -hmm. we won't get into. And they replaced him with John Five. Well, John Five is a fantastic guitar player, well-known in the community. With that comes a certain expectation of compensation. So, when he gets the opportunity to join Motley Crue, he understands and they understand what he provides to them outside of just his technical ability or his ableness to replicate the material. He's also got a certain cachet star power that comes with hiring a guy like him. When you're hiring somebody who is a complete unknown or a relative unknown, you have all the leverage. Yeah, They don't have to pay you as much. They don't have to offer you as many perks. And so they could have easily hired a Dave Navarro, but Dave Navarro comes with Dave Navarro money and Dave Navarro problems. Well, you hire a nobody and there are no problems. Yeah. You know, your job, if if you are a person sitting at home and you decide to send your tape in and get that gig, your job is to replicate the material as close to the record as possible yeah. and say yes sir, no, sir. That's right. And that's right.
1: And and, and, we were and be glad for the opportunity to say yes or no, sir. We're not we're not replacing Jerry Garcia with John Mayer here. This is, this is, this is not like a known quantity coming in. To, whoever takes his gig needs to be really clear. Uh, they have no leverage. They are a yes or no sir machine.
0: And there's a couple of thoughts around that. So when you look at an opportunity like this, because there have been plenty of legendary musicians who have been pulled from obscurity. You know, sure. Zach Wilde was not a known entity when he joined Ozzy's band. Right. There are all of these stories of these people who are just kind of plucked from their existence. A hundred percent. And so it doesn't mean that you, you can't have a career after that. And a lot of people that I talked to were like, well, if they're just doing this to get the publicity, then you just take advantage of that opportunity and just squeeze it for everything you got. Get your endorsements, make your contacts, get your sponsorships and, Get your, your machine set up so that whenever you decide to send in your resignation, you know, you've you got something to fall back on. That's right. We call it's it ride right the gravy that, train. 100%. So th- that's definitely a way to go about that. But like, here's the thing. I'm in my early 40s, and I'm, what, 15 years younger than these guys? Right. I just don't have the energy no. to put up with that or, or deal with it. Yeah. I don't know how they're going to find anybody that is going to make sense on a promo picture that hasn't been through the ringer enough to not necessarily want a gig like that.
1: Will this guitarist even be in the promo photo? Like they're not, I can't, I can't think of them as like a core member. They're an accessory player, right? They're a, they're a hired guy. And so it's interesting whether, whether you'd be thought of as like core. uh, Well, and
0: I think context matters because the guy who left was a very, integral part of their process okay i mean he was with the group for uh, over a decade i believe so you know th- there's there's something to be said about that but um other than the fact that like you would basically get to go from playing small venues in your hometown to like much bigger places right i don't know what the rest of it would look like
1: well and and, uh, and i ask this in ignorance how much bigger are they doing stadium tours I mean, Smashing pumpkins what like They're doing, I think they're doing sheds, you know, they're doing like your amphitheaters
0: and those kinds of, like they're, they're not playing, you know, state fairs. No. All right. They're still doing okay. Okay. All right. You know, they can go out on a package tour and, and do all right. The thing that people need to understand is that being on tour is about the 23 hours in the day that you are not doing the thing that you were hired to do. Right. And that's what you've got to be okay with because some things are fun. And some things are a lot of fun, but you've got to really love that one hour on stage to put up with the other 23 in any circumstance. Yeah. Not even like that's not a day on, on anybody in their camp or anything like that. That's just in general. It's just, it's a lot. So I would be surprised if they actually pick an unknown. I think this is mostly a publicity thing. I think the person that gets the gig may not be, you know, the same tier as them, probably busy around the industry already. But who knows? They could pull somebody out of nowhere, and and, and this could be their launching path to you know a, a great career. And I hope that's true. Yeah. I hope the cynic in me does not win in this this situation. Yeah. So you know what? Best of luck to all of you out there. Send in your audition tapes, and um, who knows? Maybe it's some, maybe the person who gets the gig is somebody in our
1: audience. That would be so cool. I'd love to hear about that.
0: And listen, if you're out there and you get that gig, we will interview you and we will let you spill all the tea. It's gonna be fantastic.
1: Assuming you're not under an NDA from drop. Which you probably are. Yeah. Let's yeah. not let's not kid ourselves.
0: But yeah, I talking about experience and stuff, there was a, a period of time where folks were getting flown out to LA to uh to sing for what was then just a super group that became Velvet Revolver. I knew a couple of guys who got that call. But at the end of the day, all of those guys ended up staying at home, and Scott Weiland got the gig. So it, it is what it is.
1: Yeah, there's no, there's no promise the actual hire is going to come from the open cattle call here. So right. who knows?
0: That's all I have to say about that. Okay. So, um, like I said, good luck and um, Godspeed. You know, yeah, on all those things, folks. Thanks so much for tuning in. Got a couple of fun topics to dig into. Some listener emails that have come in, and of course, we got to get these band coaching sessions scheduled, so be on the lookout for a lot of cool stuff down the road. If you'd like to support the show, you can do it a number of ways, but we might take it from here. In Atlanta,
1: Georgia, I'm Adam Johnson. In Greensboro, North Carolina, about to listen to Mike talk, I'm Dan Ray.
0: You've been listening to the Coverman Confidential Podcast for the week of January 12th. 2024.
2: Hey everybody, it's Mike Schulte from the worst name band in America, the Pork Tornadoes. I listen and love this show and apparently you do too because you made it this far. No one makes it this far, but you did, which means that you owe Adam and Dan. This podcast is free and you consume it to its fullest. It's time to pay up. Here's three things you need to do. A, you have to leave them a review on your podcast platform. You're already in the app. Click five stars right now. Write some words. Done. While you're there, share this episode to a fellow musician. There's a share icon on your podcast app. Text it to him and say, you need to listen to this. You need to get better. You're not a good musician. This will help you. Two, You have to follow them on your social media platforms YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Go find them and follow. And D, everything I just said is free and it's the least you can do. But here's where you can really support you join the Patreon. This is where you can actually support this podcast that you cherish so much. A small monthly donation gets you access to the Slack channel, which is the best place to be if you're a musician who wants to take your band to the next level you have some of the best musicians giving advice and helping you out and it's just a great overall community, do it I'm serious, do it now do all these things or else the Pork Tornadoes will come to your town book a show the same night as your band at a different bar, I'm serious we'll do it